Hello, and welcome to another episode of School Nutrition Dietitian. This week, we are focusing on self-care. We're going to take a little bit of a break from all of the curveballs that are being thrown at us lately and look at how we can make it through the other end of this in one piece and maybe even in a better place than we started. My first guest today is Kathleen Gage. She's the no-nonsense, common-sense online marketing strategist, a speaker, an author, a product creation specialist, and today she's here because she has been dealing with job site wellness since the mid-90s. She specializes in working with businesses who believe a healthy workforce is a happy and a productive workforce. A lot of times we neglect self-care, thinking that it will take away from our objectives and our goals, but in reality, taking care of yourself enhances all other areas of your life and makes it easier for you to reach the goals that you have at work and the goals that you have personally. So today, Kathleen is going to help us focus on some habits that may be particularly useful now, but could definitely be used on an ongoing basis. And at the end, I have a bonus. We have exercise physiologist Randy Bear on the show. He has over 25 years in sports and fitness coaching, teaching strength and conditioning as an athletic director, a health educator, a sports information director. He has trained over a thousand athletes in multiple sports. So everything from football to rugby to soccer, Randy has seen so many people through the ups and downs that can come from really rigorous physical training. So Randy's a great person to pose this question to. How do we stay motivated? How do we make working out sustainable? Well, the secret's at the end, so you have to listen through. All right, everybody, let's get started. School nutrition dietitian here on a mission to show you fruits and vegetables can be super delicious. Eating healthy keeps you healthy on the inside. Keep your stomach satisfied and keep a clear mind. Now you're ready for your academics. Focus, time to handle business. Breakfast, you don't want to miss it. Help your body to replenish. Clean food, clear mind. That is the vision. Tune in to the school nutrition dietitian. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to be here. Thank you. So much of my calendar was already meticulously scheduled out, planned out, had all these relevant episodes scheduled to be released in April and in the summer centered around networking in person and all of these professional meetings that we usually have this time of year. But as everybody knows, everything has changed and things that are scheduled have been canceled. Things that were going to be in person now are being handled remotely. A lot of our teams are still working in the field, but then some people for different reasons are having to shelter in place or self-quarantine, even though we're still considered essential workers. So I feel like the needs of the audience has definitely changed. And I wanted to have an expert on who has dealt with employee wellness and productivity 
and working long distance so that you could share some of your wisdom with the audience about how they can stay well, how they can stay connected, how they stay visible with their teams. So there's so much, you have a ton of experience, like everyone just heard in the bio. There's so much we could get into, but I wanted to cover the things that I thought were most pertinent to people right now. So I want to start with, with your experience with productivity and helping people stay on track, whether they're physically working with their team or long distance, what are some of the big weak spots you see that almost everyone needs to be aware of going into working remotely for the first time? Well, that is such a great question. And the first one is, I'll show you what I do. I have a bottle of water with chlorophyll in it, and I make sure I stay hydrated. And as simple as that seems, it's one of the most important things you can do because your brain doesn't function properly if you're dehydrated. So I would say start there, and it starts with self-care. And to realize that you're not the only person going through this, one of the things that I have found has worked uh, really well is to start small mastermind groups with like-minded people. And I've got mastermind groups to do with wellness. I've got mastermind groups to do with uh, business. I've got mastermind groups to do with spirituality. So I would say start groups of people so that you can all share your experience with each other. And the main thing you want to look at is what you're focusing on. Because if you're focusing on what you're missing out on and what's been taken away, that's going to amplify. So I would say it's really important to focus on, okay, what's the situation and what's the solution and keep asking yourself for the solution. Because a lot of people, they're really using this time very productively and other people are not. Some of the things that I've recommended to individuals to give them a sense of accomplishment is have one small task a day at home that's outside of your business, outside of work and it, it could be something as cleaning out a drawer that you've been saying, I'm going to get around to cleaning it out. And again, as simple as that seems, once you do it, you have a sense of accomplishment. So I think the greatest challenge people are dealing with is they're not sure if they're using their time effectively or they're spending so much time in front of the TV, watching the news and being bombarded over and over and over again with the information of how bad the situation is. And yes, it is bad. However, there are a lot of good things to the situation. And one is we get to reorganize our life in a number of different ways. Mm. Can you speak to that some more? Because I have heard some people talking about the possibility that once we're through the most difficult patch, that maybe some positive changes will come out of it. What do you mean when you say this is an opportunity for us to kind of reassess? Well, I think right now is a great time to start that mindset of positive outcomes because we don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, there's been word that it's going to go through May 1st in some areas, through June 1st. I heard recently that schools, some schools are not opening until January of 2021. So again, we don't know how long this is going to last. And if we keep ourselves in a place of limbo, day after day after day passes, and the more that we let time pass without doing something productive, the harder it becomes to get out of the, the funk. Because a lot of people are dealing with depression, there are people that are dealing with anxiety, uh, insomnia. And so the first place you want to start is with self-care. You want to look at what you're eating. You want to look at if you're getting out and getting some movement. Some of the things that I do that really help, and I talk to my clients about 
about this is I start my morning with a protocol. The protocol includes turning on YouTube and putting on some videos to do with uh, yoga. Then I do a meditation. Then I do journaling. I read something inspirational. And then I go on a run. And for some people, maybe running won't be what they need to do. It might be just doing some stretches at home. This is a great time to connect with your family. I was talking to my niece who she is doing homeschooling. She is loving it. And it kind of surprised me because I thought she would be somebody who would be kind of stressed out over it. She said, this is such a great time to connect with my kids. They rescued a dog during this period. They're doing home projects. So find things that you can do with your family. And one of the things you want to do is affirm what a great opportunity this is to have a very intimate relationship with your spouse and your kids, because intimacy is really into me see, and people get to see who you really are during times like this. So I would say, look at this is an opportunity to bond with people rather than an opportunity to feel like a victim. That sounds like a lot to accomplish before your work day starts. <laughs> so do you get up earlier? How long have you been doing this and how did you start? Well, in that I've had my own business 26 years, I get to, to make my own hours. But one thing I do know in order to be productive in my business, I have to set office hours. My office hours happen to be 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time. Now, prior to that, I usually get up at 4 or 4.30. That happens to be me. I, I just like to get up early. But I would say if somebody gave themselves an extra half hour a day, get up a half hour early, and you'll be amazed at what that half hour will do for you. And some people say, well, I just don't have time to meditate, or I don't have time to pray, or I don't have time to journal. What you'll find is if you take that time, you actually are more productive. I think it was uh, the Buddha who said, when you're really stressed out, that's when you have to double your meditation time. Because when you get in that quiet space, you tend to get better ideas and you, you get clarity of mind. I know meditation is a practice that's super hard to start. Even if you have heard that the benefits are there or you've seen the research, it can be really difficult to get it going. Is there a type of meditation that's easier for beginners to step into? Absolutely. That's such a great question. I would say start with just focusing on your breathing, even if it's for just a minute. Just take one minute and get really quiet, close your eyes, and just focus on your breathing. And that one minute will get you so centered. It's amazing what happens. And you can also go on YouTube and you can key in meditation videos. And a lot comes up. I happen to like Eckhart Tolle. He has a great meditation. It's about a 15 minute meditation. There's people like Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, and ministers to meditation. So it really doesn't matter what your religious leanings are. It's just looking for the solution. So rather than saying, I can't do it, say, I wonder who would be the right teacher for me. Yeah, I like that. I know this is a time that a lot of people, generally in a time of stress, it's a good time to start thinking about whatever your spiritual path is or whatever it is that makes you feel grounded. Even though sometimes when we're more busy and things are going the way we want them to go, we may kind of neglect those practices. This is a good time to reconnect. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of like gratitude. It's easy to be grateful when we have food in the refrigerator, when we have money in the bank, when we have a job, when you know, we've got basically everything is going the way we want it to go. It's great, you know, that's a great opportunity to be grateful. The true 
test of gratitude comes when things are not going our way and we can still be grateful. And so this is a great opportunity for people to really put to the test the things they say they believe. A lot of people say they trust God, they trust the universe, they trust source, whatever it may be. They they say they trust, but then when things aren't going their way, all of a sudden they're getting in a lot of panic and anxiety. And that's human nature. I, I went through it myself when this first started and you had asked how long I've been practicing meditation and and the uh, morning ritual that I have. Well, it's been well over 30 years. I've been doing this for a long time and it's changed over the years. What I started with 30, 35 years ago is very different than what I do today. And I would say when this first started, I found myself, I was watching the news 20, I was literally glued to the TV. Like, when is this going to end? And then I finally, it hit me one day, I was on a run and it hit me that this is it. It's like, it's not about what happens tomorrow. It's not about what happened yesterday. It's about what's happening right in this moment. And I think the more that we can focus on that, the easier it becomes. But it's really important to surround yourself with people who will lift you up. It's important to have a support system because to do this on your own can be really tough. And a lot of people are, they're not just doing stay at home, but they're isolating themselves and they're stuck to the news and they're stuck to social media and they're reading all the negative stuff. So switch it around and make a commitment to do just one different thing today. And you'll be amazed how quickly you can get out of it. 30 years. Well, do you remember how hard it was to get the practice going initially? Absolutely. Did you start and stop a lot or what did that process? Well, I'll tell you what, what caused me to start really. It was 36 years ago. I'm sober and I gave up drinking 36 years ago, drugs and alcohol. And I had a sponsor. I had somebody that was my spiritual guide who walked me through it. And for many years, I wouldn't talk about that. I wouldn't tell people, oh, I'm an alcoholic and I am, but I'm a sober alcoholic. And it was the practices of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that helped me. That's my personal story. That's what worked for me. But that gave me the foundation to start exploring other things. And so I do remember it very well. I remember the day. I remember the teacher. I remember the processes. And I remember how tough it was. And I can remember one day in particular when I really didn't want to drink and I didn't want to use drugs. And I mean, I ended up on the streets because of my drinking and my drugging. And one day I was literally curled up in a ball in the corner of my room. And I was like, I I so wanted to use and I called my sponsor, I reached out, I used a tool that I had, reached out, talked to her, and she said, walk to my house. She lived about a mile away, and I said, well, I can drive to your house. She goes, no, I want you to walk to my house. I said, but why wouldn't I drive? She goes, you're not listening to me. She goes, I'm giving you a solution, walk to my house. By the time I got to her house, I had shifted the energy, and I didn't feel like using. So a lot of times, people will make recommendations to us, and our our best thinking gets us to where we're at. So it's allowing other people to give us the resources that can actually help. I like the idea of using physical activity to get you to go to a different space mentally. I think when people are feeling down, your energy naturally drops. And so the last thing that occurs to you to do is to move. Right. But it really can make a difference as far as your mood goes. And I did go through that too at the beginning, just wanting things to be different and wanting it to be over and refusing to step into the present, which it's really all you have. And then all human suffering mostly comes from denying what is and just (laughs) refusing to stay 
present and see what can I do with what I actually have and what's actually going on. And it's still a pretty scary time, but at least getting to that point where you can stop running from it and see what's going on right now and what do I need to do fully engage. It's interesting for me, what I found is once I embraced the fact that this is it and the point of power is right now, I went through a period where I was feeling so calm and so serene. And then I started feeling guilty about that. It's like, well, other people are suffering. I should be suffering. And it's like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not suffering? Am I not taking this seriously? It's like, no, you've been applying the tools and the strategies that other people have taught you. Like I follow the works of Hal Elrod, of Mel Robbins, of Tony Robbins, of Deepak Chopra of Wayne Dyer. I do a lot of internal work and it works for me. I mean, what I've actually found myself doing is taking more time in the morning. It used to be that about a half hour was my morning process. Well, now I've upped it to where some mornings it's an hour and a half to two hours and people are saying, how do you take so much time? And it's like, how can I not? Because right now it's so critical that we really keep a check on our emotional well-being, our inner well-being, and especially those people, like you say, who are working from home that are not used to working from home, the best thing you can do is come up with routines, like set a routine and stick to that routine because that'll give you some sense of normalcy. That's a great tip. That's something that I wanted to ask about as well. So most people, for the most part in school nutrition, are probably still working on the front lines, but then there are different people who because of their individual circumstances are separated from the team and are working from home. So if you feel like people have forgotten about you or you're not being visible enough, what are some things that you can do to maintain communication with people who aren't physically with you and you're used to meeting together for meetings and working side by side? How do you I love that, that question. I love that. And it's called... The telephone. Seriously, pick up the phone and call people. It'll blow them away for one thing. I actually was making a practice early on when this all started where I would call at least five to 10 people a day. And I actually did a printout of people that I wanted to touch base with, private clients, friends. And I went through every day and I would just pick five or 10 people. And I would call them. And if I got voicemail, I'd say, hey, I just wanted you to know I'm thinking of you. I want to make sure you're okay. I know we're going through this really tough time. And I just wanted to let you know that I care about you. And the people that I reached, I would say, hey, I just wanted to find out how are things? It was amazing the response I got. I had some really deep conversations as a result of it. It took our relationship on a deeper level. So pick up the phone and call people. Another thing you can do that this is all very appropriate for social distancing, write thank you cards to the people. Just sit down and write a list of people who has been so important in my life and who has helped me at any point in my life and write their name down, then write them a thank you card, drop it in the mail. You'll be amazed at how good that'll make you feel and how good it'll make them feel. So part of it is don't wait for other people to reach out to you. You extend the olive branch. It's it's really up to each of us to do what we can do to make life better for other people. I belong to one of those neighborhood groups where uh, it's on Gmail and or on Google, wherever it's at. And it's a neighborhood watch kind of thing. And I put it out early on. I said, if there are any elderly couples that need somebody to shop for you, please let me know. 
Well, this one woman, she responded and I called her up and she was giving me so much information. It was scary. It was like she Mm -hmm. told me where she lived, how old she was, that her husband just had a hip surgery and on and on. And I said, okay, I need to stop you. I said, the first thing that I'm really called to do is tell you some things that you shouldn't do. What you just told me, you shouldn't have told me because you don't know me. I'm a nice person, but there might be somebody who's not such a nice person. So I kind of took her under my wing. And now what I do, I just send her a text every so often, just say, hey, I'm thinking of you and your husband. If you need anything from the grocery store, let me know. I'll be going. And, you know, so it's just doing those little things. I haven't done any shopping for her yet, but she writes back and she goes, thank you so much for thinking of me. And I have no clue who this person is and I may never meet her and that's okay, but it just, it's that little human connection. Well, it's interesting to me how strong connections can be that are virtual. I remember, because I'm kind of like on the borderline of not being a digital native, but Mm -hmm. being introduced to the concept of making friends long distance fairly young, like elementary school, we started emailing people and making internet friends. But I still never really thought that type of relationship could be as significant as a face-to-face one. But now that things have changed so much, I'm seeing that's not necessarily true. I have people in my life now that I've known for maybe 10, 15 years. Maybe we communicate on a weekly basis and I've never met them. And it really doesn't seem to make much of a difference. I know that if at some point we do, if we do spend time in person, it won't seem like we're meeting for the first time. We've just been for so long, you know? So I think now some people are having the experience that they're realizing how easy it is to stay in touch with all of these tools that we have that maybe we didn't use very often before. You're so correct, Dahlia. It's it's one of the best tools. Like Zoom is a great tool. Just make sure you know how to use it because there has been what's called Zoom bombing. I actually was on a call. Rosie O'Donnell put something out on Twitter. She said, anybody who wants to join in. So I thought, hey, Rosie O'Donnell, I'll join in. Well, she got Zoom bombed and it was terrible and she had to end the call. And so what you want to make sure of is that you do know how to use Zoom because they were never equipped to handle this much business. And so they're, they're, fixing the holes as quickly as they can. But Zoom is a great platform. WebEx is another great platform. There's a lot of really good platforms. Facebook Live is a great platform. Facebook conferencing. I mean, there's so many options that people have available. But again, you have to want to do something different. And a lot of times when people are in so much pain, they're stuck in the pain And you have to want to get out of the pain more than you want to stay in the pain. So I I highly recommend that people look at all the different options. If you have a dog and you're able to in your area, take your dog on a walk. I happen to live out in a rural community. So the parks here, they've restricted us letting our dogs off leash. So we just go to the back of our property and it's like a park. We've got five acres, go back there. They don't know. They think they're at the park, so they're happy. But connecting with animals is a great thing. Again, reaching out to elderly people that might need some help and just really doing what you can to take care of yourself. Again, drinking plenty of fluids so that you're you're hydrated. Be careful of alcohol because right now a lot of people are doing much more drinking than before and eat healthy. And by eat healthy, eat your fruits and vegetables. You know what what your parents used to say about eat your veggies, it's very true because that gives your body the nutrients that it needs to function at the highest level. 
Right. And that's important. It's always important, but it's really important now when you're trying to manage stress, your body interprets physical stress the same way. So you've got your emotional stress. Plus if you're burdening your system with a lot of alcohol, which is going to help you stay dehydrated, right? A lot of sugar and a lot of food that isn't nourishing. That's just all stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the time to try and strike a balance, at least make it a priority to get the whole foods in early, not to say you can't have the other things, but it's interesting. The more you eat vegetables and high nutrient foods, the less your cravings are for other foods. It's really amazing. I actually went 100% plant-based about nearly 20 months ago. And as a result, my energy is much better. I am more focused. I don't get as stressed. And I put a lot of high nutrient uh, foods into my system. And I was a sugar addict. I mean, it was like I I replaced alcohol with sugar. And so Mm. I just, I put a boatload of sugar in my body. And if I was still eating that way now, I would be incredibly stressed. So my recommendation is for people to look at the best self-care that you can give yourself. And initially it may be tough, but you want to look at what's beyond that. It's like with anything, there's something better beyond where you're currently at if you choose to make the right choices. But the whole thing about reaching out to people, that's huge. You never know that that person you're thinking of and you're thinking, oh, I should give them a call. And then you you negate that and you say, oh, I'm just too busy right now watching the news or whatever, they may, you may be their lifeline. That one call could make all the difference in the world. So I would say really trust your intuition. And if you get the urge to call somebody, call them. I, one of the things that I had a friend say is she leaves, leaves little notes around for her husband, just like, I so appreciate you because, and she gives a because, and she's leaving notes all around. And she said, it's just really getting them on a much deeper level than prior to this whole situation. And they were starting to fight because they were in such close quarters and now they're getting along great. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's a big transition. You don't realize how little time you spend with your family because you're all out during the day. Absolutely. And, and I think you just really hit the nail on the head is that this is a big thing. This is a huge transition. We've never dealt with it on a global level like this. And I think for me, what I try to remember is I'm not the only one going through it. And one of the things that I do that really works is I go through every day and I express what I'm grateful for. I am very fortunate at this point in time that I don't need to rely on the food banks. But if I do need to rely on them, they're there. I'm very grateful I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I have my health. And I just go through this whole list and it's like I really get myself in a state of gratitude because I heard years ago, the more you express what you have to be grateful for, the more you have to be grateful for. I definitely think it makes a difference what you focus on, how it seems to show up in your life. Maybe it's just because your awareness goes up. So it's tricky when things are happening that are undeniably negative. How do you balance acknowledging what is and then trying not to get stuck on it because it's not something that we can really change beyond following all the recommendations like we're doing with social distancing and covering our faces? How do you not get stuck in the negative? 
You know, that is such a great question. And I think it's one to accept that, yes, we, we do have a situation that we have to be aware of. And I actually had a few people online when I was talking about some really positive things. They were saying, you're not taking this situation seriously. It's like, oh, yes, I am. And one woman actually attacked me for leaving my house and going out in public. And I was like, I never said I did that. I'm not doing that. My mother-in-law lives with me. She's 85 years old. She's got a lung condition already. So we're very aware of of making sure that we don't bring anything home to her. And it was just so interesting, the perception somebody had because I wasn't getting sucked into the negative. But the first thing is you do want to acknowledge that we've got a situation. Social distancing, physical distancing, whatever name you want to put on it is very important. Washing your hands on a very regular basis, very important. Making sure that you cover your face when you go out in public. There's guidelines. It's important to follow the guidelines, but then... Nobody has control over our brain. And I was thinking about Anne Frank. If you've never read the book, The Diary of Anne Frank, I highly recommend people read it. She and her family were confined to a very tiny attic during the war. They couldn't even go outside. We can at least go outside. We can at Mm. least go to the grocery store. There are things that we can do that she wasn't able to do. Another great book to read is Man's Search for Meaning by, I'm trying to think of the name of the author. He was actually uh, a prisoner in Auschwitz. He was one of the few survivors. And the thing I remember most from reading his book was they can take everything from me. They can take my family. They can take my body. They can take my clothes. They can take my business. They can't take my mind. They can't take my spirit. And I think For me, that's what I have to remember is that's the one thing I have 100% control over is what I think and what I focus on. And so for me, if I choose to focus on the negative, it's going to amplify. If I choose to acknowledge there is a situation, but then focus on, okay, given this current set of circumstances, what am I able to do? It's a big, it's like a blessing, but it's also a heavy responsibility, acknowledging that you actually do have some control over yourself. Yeah. And then it's like the finger points (laughs) at us. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't blame other people. Well, you can (laughs) see from how people are handling themselves online that most people are more comfortable pointing out what they think other people are doing wrong. But you know, on some level, you can't control other people. Or by now, you would think we all know that because absolutely, I mean, you've known it from exes, you've known it from children. People are essentially going to do what they want to do, period, end of story. So focus on yourself. That's the only person you really have any authority over. And yet so few people feel comfortable doing that or accepting, hey, I could look at me and make changes and that'll have the biggest impact on my happiness in my life. What is that block about or how can we get beyond that if we feel that even in ourselves? Well, I think first you have to make the decision. Like yesterday, what I did is I planted flowers in my garden and it was just a simple act of digging in the dirt. When you actually dig in the dirt energetically, you're bringing in the electromagnetic force of the the earth and it, it gets you in balance. Walking without shoes and socks on the grass, amazing what that can do if you're in a position to do that. Now, granted, you have to consider, okay, what do you have access? access to and what do you not have access to. But I would say for each person, find one little project that you can work on something. Maybe you've been thinking of taking up drawing. Well, just start drawing. It doesn't have to be perfect. I've been doing a lot of writing. And a lot of people say, I want to write a book. Well, 
now's a great time to, don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about the finished product. Just start writing. Uh, Just start drawing. Clean that drawer out. But do something that makes you feel good about yourself or do something for other people. Get your kids involved in projects. What a great opportunity to have family projects. We've been playing more cards and more board games at home just because we have so much time on our hands that otherwise would have been used for other things like going shopping. And I think this is a great chance for people to see how mindless they were in a lot of things. And and I can only speak for myself. There are certain things that I did that I would just do mindlessly, like hop in the car and drive somewhere. And now it's like, oh, I don't do that anymore. So I, I can use that time differently. And again, It's really a matter of your perspective, as has been said by many, many spiritual teachers. It's not what happens in life. It's what you do with it that makes all the difference. And the situation is here. How you respond to it truly is up to you. And you can come up with all the reasons why it's so bad. It's so tough. And for a lot of people, I want to say it is really tough. It's much tougher for some people than others, but everybody's going through it at whatever level they're going through it on. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think sometimes, even though I'm working in a field where we deal a lot with food insecurity and children who just don't have enough, well, technically, children don't have any resources to speak of. They just have whatever their family has. So technically, all children are in a precarious position. But even with that, I forget sometimes how limited some people's access to things is like my husband and I have the ability to just pay for more streaming services. We have a lot of options as far as how we can entertain ourselves. And I just forget that some people are really fighting for every resource. And even when they said you can make your own mask, some people don't have the money to buy a mask, even if they're available for purchase. And they said, use a t-shirt. Some people literally don't have an extra t-shirt that they could cut up and So that is a really, really difficult situation. I will say I don't believe the majority of my audience is in that category. So we are probably the ones who should be thinking about how we can help others right now because nothing takes the stress off of you like focusing on trying to help other people. You know, you you just made such a great point, Delia, about being of service to other people. And I remember early on when I got sober and I was just like, I, I didn't know what to do with my time. And my, my sponsor said, go be of service to somebody. And I said, what good is that going to do? And mm-hmm. she goes, just go do it and, and watch what happens. And it's amazing when you help other people and you truly come from a place of sincerity in the heart and you're there not to get anything in return, but to truly help something magical happens. So you're right. It's it's about looking for ways that you can help those who are less fortunate. And it's amazing. Sometimes the most that what we would consider people that are the least fortunate are the ones who give the most. And so I think it's really looking at those opportunities that have been put in front of us to be of service to other people, whatever that may mean, whether it is go work on a, a neighbor's garden, if you you know, if you're in a position to do so, an elderly person. And the the one that tears my heartstrings out, it just, this really just, every time I see this, I, I cry. When I see somebody whose parent is in an assisted living or in the hospital and they can't visit, I was there when both my parents transitioned. My father, it was 11 years ago, and my mother, it was nine years ago. And I was there literally holding my parents as they transitioned. And 
it just my heart hurts for those people that are not able to hold their parent when they're making their transition or a family member. And so I think on that level, if we can look to have as much compassion as possible, because I think this is such a great opportunity for people to really tap into that place of compassion. And like I said, it's real easy to be grateful when everything is going our way. It's easy to be compassionate when we have everything we need. The greatest test of compassion comes from when things are not going the way we think they should, but we can still extend that loving hand. So go out and have the desire that it always starts with the desire. We can always find reasons why we can't do it, but look for reasons why you must do it because it's really about what is the life that you desire to live when all is said and done, how do you want to be remembered? And it's not some monumental thing. It could be just a kind word to a stranger. It could be thanking the clerk at the grocery store for being in a hazardous situation and they're there to serve us. So why don't we serve them too? Oh, yeah. Here's something else I do that for what it's worth, if people are in a position to do it, I would say do it. If you're not in a position, don't do it. But when I go to the gas station in Oregon, we can't pump our own gas. It's against the law. And they've been changing the rules since COVID-19 started. But I always tip the gas station workers. I give them a couple bucks and just say, I just want you to know how much I appreciate what you just did. That just shifts the energy for me for them, and who knows how it'll impact the next person that they come in contact with. Hmm. I definitely like that idea of understanding that your interaction with one person Mm -hmm. can put them in a more positive space. And maybe nothing really significant happens between the two of you, but maybe it's the next person that they have contact with and they'll be able to be present for that person in a way they couldn't have before. Well, I'd like to share a story that I, I... Completely forgot about it until this moment. When my mom passed away, I she lived in Sacramento, and I was flying back from San Jose to Eugene, Oregon, and I got stuck in Portland, Oregon, and I missed my flight by barely a hair. And the the clerk at the the, the flight attendant person, whatever the counter person, would not let me on the flight. And I said, "Please," I said, "My mom just died. I really need to get home." And I was a wreck. I mean, I was just a wreck. And she goes, "I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do." And I was devastated. And I went and sat down, and I just started crying. I was bawling. And this woman out of nowhere comes up to me, and she <laughs> she hugs me, and it was like that was the greatest gift. She goes. I just know that you need a hug. And I just sat there and put my head in her shoulder and I cried and I cried and I cried. I have no idea who this person is, but to this day, I do remember her. And I've never shared that story with anybody, but it was like that one gesture was so significant to me and it showed me the kindness of a stranger. That's beautiful. I hope that everybody can move forward through this time thinking about how they can be of service and show kindness to strangers. Cause Mm -hmm. a lot of us are just really having a hard time making space for that right now. So thank you for sharing that. You bet. Awesome. I think that's a perfect place to stop. That's amazing. Are there any other words of wisdom you'd like to share? 
You know, I would just say that really make a decision to live fully for today. And living fully means living in the present and to be as kind as possible. And if you find yourself getting agitated with things, just take a step back, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and ask to be guided. I think for me, what really works in my life is asking to be guided and all the right people show up, all the right opportunities. And again, it may not be exactly as I want it to be because right now, a lot of people who own businesses, especially solo entrepreneurs, Well, I think everybody, restaurant owners, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what our positions are, employees, managers, we're all going through some pretty interesting times. And I've chosen not to call it tough times. I've called it times of unfolding rather than uncertainty. It's unfolding. And it allows us the opportunity to, in some ways, reinvent ourselves and create the life that we know that we deserve. Thank you. I like any opportunity to shift perspective and see where there is a chance for growth is a blessing. So thank you for sharing that with everyone. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Everyone knows that physical exercise is beneficial. That isn't the problem. The problem is usually finding something that you can do consistently over the long term. I speak with Randy in this next snippet about just that. How do we maintain a consistent routine of physical activity? Sure, there's a variety of of physiological, but there's also stress reduction. There's also a form of of being satisfied. There's, There's also a fun factor as well. So there's a variety of reasons. And when it comes to the people that you've worked with or your own relationship to fitness, which one of those factors seems to be the most linked to longevity when it comes to somebody really sticking to what they do for exercise? Most research shows something lifelong skills. And that can be a variety of things from badminton to walking to hiking to tennis to swimming to golfing. There's a variety of them. So, so I think that's number one is probably lifelong skill. And then something you enjoy is, could possibly be most important. Something that you enjoy doing with your children, with your wife, with your spouse, whoever it may be. I think those are the two things you start with and then you build. Those two are most important. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I don't really hear people focus on the joy factor that often. But it just stands to reason that if you like doing something, it's not a chore to find time for it. So what would you tell somebody who's stuck at home right now and maybe they really didn't have a consistent exercise routine before, but they're starting to feel like they're losing strength, they're getting deconditioned, they're just sitting at their desk all day or laying around because we're all stressed out and sometimes our reaction is just to rest a lot. How could exercise be helpful right now? How would you frame that to someone who really just feels like napping all day? Sure. Understood. Easily, easily done. We're in some trying times. So I think even before the actual exercise part is you've got to compartmentalize. You've got to have a schedule, you know, just teleworking in general. I'm learning that firsthand has a lot of challenges. So I think you got to set a schedule. When is time to work? One is time to 
speak to the kids, when is it time to call the, the in-laws, whatever it may be, you can become as detailed as you like, but you've got to have some sort of, of schedule. And then with that being said, exercise needs to be in that schedule, which most people don't. I'll do it in the morning. Oh, geez, I slept in a couple minutes. I'll do it during lunch. Oh, no, we're going out for lunch today. I'll do it when I get home. So we're always kind of rationalizing. So I would say put it in the schedule. And then next, I would say don't put any expectations on yourself. Like, hey, I'm going to do 50 minutes of running, you know, four days of strength training, whatever. Just initially, I would just get out in the sun, walk around the yard a little bit, do some yard work, uh, get out with the children get out with the family. So make it very, very informal. And once you kind of get a little routine going like, wow, the sun is great. The air is awesome. Then you can get a little bit more detailed of, hey, you know, this is what I want to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But I would say first, just keep it informal, something uh, non-task oriented initially. What do you think is happening to people when they say, oh, I'm going to do it first thing in the morning, and then they keep sleeping in? What could be a reason why that goal isn't being realized? Well, there's there's a lot of barriers. Probably the first one is it's probably not first and foremost on their priorities. I would venture to say most people it is not unless you're you're extremely motivated. And there's other barriers, stress from finances, there's work. There's children to get to school. And what do you personally use as your joyful form of movement or exercise? What's well, your favorite? I try, geez, I, I try to keep it uh, very diverse. You know, as a, as a as a pass baseball, football, basketball track, I enjoy multiples. So I still like to do. I do walking. I do jogging. I do some rucking. I lift weights, I've got bands, I've got medicine balls in the gym, outside the gym, treadmills. So I, I try to keep it up competitive. Of course, I can't do as, as often and as good as I once did, but I still enjoy that competitive edge, whether it be basketball or um, um, softball. And what is rucking? I just put a, a loaded backpack on. And you just, you walk or you hike or you do it. And you, you start, you could put a book in a book bag. You could put a, a battery in a book bag. You put medicine balls. So it's pretty diverse. Oh, okay. And what does that do that walking alone wouldn't do? Well, you, you're going to add a little bit of load. And so it's definitely going to be more intense for those of you that are, ah, walking what can I do with walk? Even though walking is extremely beneficial, maybe the most safe activity we could do. But rucking, you know, for those that are a little bit more intense, you know, those that are uh, very, very, very in shape, I've seen people load them up to 100 pounds or more. And mm. so you're, you're really testing the whole core of your body. And it's definitely you'll see a difference, even with the 10 pound uh, medicine ball in your backpack. Wow. And all of those activities, have you been active your entire life and there was no break or a lull where you were physically inactive? For the most part, always physically active, but there were, there were a couple of severe injuries. I had a fractured pelvis playing baseball, which was immobilized for 
gosh, for about eight to 10 weeks. But for the most part, yeah. But to address your question, there's been a couple times where the motivation is is not exactly. And you just, you kind of got to get back on track. No problem. You know, all too often you hear, especially beginners, but you say, oh man, I missed my first day or my second day. I'll, I'll start next week. Or man, this is the birthday or I got my anniversary this week. We'll start next week. We'll start next month. And 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 that, then it becomes, well, it's November. Why don't I just wait till January? So it's okay to not adhere to it. Just the next day, jump back on. And so what what you're really trying to do, Dolly, is just stack more good days than bad days. See it as a, as a week. See it as a month. See it as a year. If you have more good days than bad days, then you're doing pretty good. I like that outlook, the way to frame it for people who maybe are thinking in an all or nothing type of way. I think that's a big obstacle for a lot of people. I so appreciate Kathleen and Randy joining us today. I think that taking care of ourselves is always important, but it's even more crucial right now. And it's also probably more neglected now than ever. Please reach out to me on social media and share any practices that you've found helpful during this time to keep you grounded that you'd like to share with others. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. Be well, stay safe. I'll see you next week.